Zealand McDonald's menu. <laughs> What's on that menu? Uh, you're going to be so mad. I got Am so I? mad when I... Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's impossible to get mad at what's on a McDonald's menu. All right. I, I think so. I can I think I can frame it. Okay, we'll see. All right. Well, this is debatable. I'm Dominic Five. So that's Spencer Hall. And we are joined by a new magic hand. You may not be able to tell the difference. It's a similar magic hand, but it's that's a different, a different magic hand. hand. Yeah, it's that's a different, a different hand. hand. It's a much nicer hand. Look at that hand. Manicure. And that hand has a voice connected to a man named Brian. So give it to us, B. Yes, it does, and I'm excited for you guys to talk about some soccer. How concerned are you? To be excited. (laughs) Okay. How concerned are (laughs) you about the U.S. Women's National Team's draw against the Netherlands? All right. So, like, this is one of those sports that we all parachute in every so often, and we love it, and we get completely bought in. And I feel no shame about being completely critical of the coach, critical of all the players, as if I've been watching this year round. But I find it hard to be critical of the players because they're so good and i think the the criticism that i think is fair is well criticism that i think is unfair is i know carly lloyd was questioning their heart and that sort of stuff which is like they were playing hard they were getting shots they were creating chances they weren't dominating the game like we're accustomed to seeing which i guess uh they should but they were going up against the runners up from the previous world cup so you're not going to blow everybody out all the time honestly watching that game last night i felt a bit of relief (laughs) <laughs> that we mm-hmm. got out of there with a the tie. So I, I don't feel the, the urge necessarily to be negative just yet. Like, we're good. We're going to be fine. We're young. We're getting better. We're creating chances. We're better than everybody else. We're going to be fine. Some subs will be nice because we're super talented. But we'll be all right. Relax, Carly and everybody else. You're playing uh, the Netherlands. I don't know if you're familiar with the Dutch style of play. It's kind of like how the Ravens used to play defense, yeah. which is uh, which is go right through your chest. Yeah. That's it. Everything's going directly through someone. They like to knock you down. They like to kick you. That was what was happening all night long. It's exactly, by the way, what the Netherlands should have done. They played, a, I think, as perfect a game as they could under the circumstances playing an opponent who is likely on, you know, in terms of roster depth, better than they are and certainly has a better track record recently. The rest of the world practices too, man. Yeah. They do. I, I know that you're, you're used to this run and that when streaks end, people get very, very, very skittish about what it might mean. The United States women's team is still the best team in this tournament. They just had a draw against an opponent that was doing everything to physically dominate them and was talented enough to make them feel it. That, and, and By the way, the side effect of that is Horan's goal, the header, oh, came yeah. as a response <laughs> to great. getting knocked around by Van Donk. That's yeah. that is the side effect of playing that way. Holland had a chance, the Netherlands had a chance to win and effectively like pushed Horan into that goal as a response to that. So it has its downsides too. Y'all don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm glad wait, 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 wait until it wait until it falls apart. I'm glad that you, like me, are not discouraged by this. And we did walk away with what I felt like was a really cool American soccer moment. Like the Lindsey Horan foul, which he responds with the header. The only thing I would have appreciated a little bit more is don't run away. You find that girl. You find her. I understand that you guys are teammates and you're actually friends. You got to find her. You got to find her. Don't run and celebrate. You stop where you are. You turn and you find her. Lock eyes. Look at her. Don't move. Don't breathe. 
make the your teammates carry you mm-hmm. back to your spot. That's the move in that moment. Embarrass her and let her know the things that you said that I was able to read your lips. You say those with your eyes this time after you scored a goal because that also was a highlight where my kids were like, what? What did she say? And this I know is- a good parent would be like, oh, don't worry about it. But I was like, nah, she said, bleep. This is where we might have put a little too much dip on our chip as people who parachute into this because I just remembered they have cards, Dominique. They have cards. No. You can get, and they have to get through group stage. Don't pull a card. Don't look her up. So Lindsay already had a yellow card, but I. I guess mm-hmm. the way I was imagining it was she didn't get a card for the hit and you don't get a card for just looking. You're just looking. I didn't say mm-hmm. you gonna find you stop where you are and you just look in that direction. That's that's going to get you. I guess it's not worth the risk because she was playing on a yellow. But I mean, I would have loved it. Isn't that what I we mean, all do this for to make me happy? Isn't that the point? If, in order to do that, yes. But I'm also saying this as a longtime fan of United States international teams and soccer competition. Uh, don't give them an excuse. That's don't fair. give the ref an excuse because because you'll re- you'll remember that for the rest of your life. I remember you, Koulibaly, name of the referee who messed with the United <laughs> States men's turn team like the better part of 20 years ago at this point. Yeah, it was, uh, I guess, yeah. We should just, the goal was enough, but I don't know. I want her to know it was her fault. Like you, I wanted, I wanted her and everyone in the arena and everyone in all of New Zealand and all over the world who was up watching that game to know it's your fault. You did this to yourself. Don't wake up the giant. Hey, there's no, there's no card. There's no cards in the parking lot. (laughs) I like a little street fight. No, no cards, no, no cards in the parking lot. We could hug it out after. Okay. But you know what? If, If you look me up, I'll look you back up. I was really impressed with like, uh, Trinity Rodman like she wasn't unable to finish any of the goals but at different times you feel like there's a different player and I know like Alex Morgan's supposed to be uh, I'm not supposed to be she's a legend and one of our greatest players but I just felt like Trinity was all over the field making impacts all over uh, the game and she's a indispensable type of player and I really wanted her to finish at some point and I guess I'm also a bit biased because like I don't know. We feel I feel close to her, like her mm-hmm. and Julie Ertz, people that I like feel connected to them through other people. And Julie Ertz yeah. is so physical and she's a midfielder, right? Why is she playing center back? What the hell is going on? There's some positioning debate if you go on Twitter about which is my favorite thing. Uh, the the number one answer to um, is the coach doing anything wrong is yes. That's always <laughs> it, especially if there's a draw. If there's a loss, it's catastrophic. If there's a draw, everyone on Twitter has an opinion about which part of a 443 they would align this player in, right? And there are some people who I think might be playing out of position, but at the same time, let's keep these results going. I, I could I could deal with this. Just get out of group stage. Every tournament's a different tournament. I have a slightly it does make me somewhat unhappy to see it a draw. Mm-hmm. It's not the thing about this World Cup that makes real anger rise up in me, Dominique. The thing that makes the bile flow for me is remembering when I went to New Zealand and the thing that made me angriest about going to New Zealand, which is like next to nothing. It's basically like this idyllic, perfect little place that's gorgeous. Don't go there. I don't want anybody going there. You'll just spoil it. Make it it worse. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. If you're listening to my voice, it sucks. It's wonderful. Anyway, (laughs) this is what's going to make you mad. The menu at McDonald's at New Zealand is the thing that infuriated me. These are the things that they have that they're hiding from us. We could have these in the United States. I know they're capable. In fact, some of them are definitely things that you can make because they're just bigger versions of the stacks that they make. 
they have a double Big Mac. They a have a triple Big cheeseburger. Mac. They have a double McChicken. <laughs> the double McChicken. They'll just I, I, put two. They'll put two of them on there for you, not by special request. Uh uh-uh, uh that's the label. They have something called a massive McMuffin, Dominique. Why is McDonald's in the United States? It's home hiding the massive McMuffin from us. I gotta be honest. I have the opposite reaction to you. Thank you, mm-hmm. McDonald's. Thank you for not bringing that here. <laughs> you, you know what we don't need in we, America? We, we, we can't handle it. <laughs> you know what our, our blood sugar is not interested in? Mm-hmm. You know what I, our uh, diabetes cannot handle? Our obesity mm-hmm. epidemic is not ready for? Yeah, more of all the McDonald's things. So thank you, McDonald's, for not being greedy because we definitely would pay so you, for a jumbo so you think, muffin. You think they're protecting us? No, they're definitely not. I, no. But yeah, that's that's not the McDonald's yeah. way. Are are the burgers like beef? Is that a thing? I feel like that they was are. like they, one they of those. Are, they are yeah, beef. They, I remember a couple of years ago, they were like trying to transition to salads and stuff. Did they give up on all of that? They gave up wholeheartedly. And in New Zealand, they gave up super hard because they served something at breakfast called the Big Brekkie Beef Burger, which is a hamburger, bacon, egg, and a hash brown and cheese and sauce all on a so, hamburger bun. They can't, just, they, they've given up on us. I've just figured out that I don't think that you believe New Zealand is as wonderful as you think it is. I think you're in New Zealand and just stayed in the McDonald's the whole time. And that's why you think New Zealand is so you perfect. Because you were like, McDonald's. gosh, this is the best McDonald's <laughs> I've ever been to. This place is heaven. Uh, honest truth, I only went once because it made me so mad. I was like, McDonald's has given up on America. I'm not even gonna not even gonna patronize them here. Yeah, I they, keep no hiding, they hide the greatness from us. I haven't I started I had a McDonald's burger a couple years ago for the first time in a long time, and it was mm-hmm. surprisingly delicious. And I forgot how good they were because after I ate them so much in college, like the double cheeseburger, you remember the oh, dollar yeah. menu? Like I lived on a dollar menu in college when I was mm-hmm. um working for free. And then when I finally got money, I was like, I'm not eating McDonald's. Like I felt like I was above yeah. McDonald's. And then I ate it again recently. It was like, oh, it's actually pretty delicious. They perfectly the scientists did a hell of a job making these burgers. Yeah. And they and you know what they do with their greatest experiments? They let New Zealanders eat them. They let Kiwis <laughs> eat them. And they hide them from you, the hardworking American. I, I well, you need to hire a lawyer because I feel like you want to sue them for for this mistreatment. All right, um, Brian, what's next? Let's go from McDonald's to Subway spokesperson Russell Wilson. And we're going to talk about Sean Payton's comments to USA Today because he had some spicy things to say about the 2022 Broncos. Was it fair for Sean Payton to blame Nathaniel Hackett and the people around Russell Wilson for the Broncos' struggles last season? Oh, gosh. So uh, do we? the quotes were... He's a spicy guy generally, but normally coaches mm-hmm. don't go directly after coaches. But he like literally said the coach the president the gm and what he's blaming them for is allowing russell wilson to do whatever the hell he wanted it was kind of like he used the word parents (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i blame the parents which is like a sideways insult to russell too but i mean i think sean payton one of the jobs of the coach uh, especially when you're taking over a bad situation is and this is not just a coach any leader i think is to give them a story to believe in mm-hmm. you got to give them a reason to understand and a reason to believe in something that you can be like no you know what was wrong with last year this 
We got rid of this. You know why things are going to be better this year? Because that's gone and this new thing is here. It just so just so happens that the, that thing that is gone is everyone who was affiliated with the organization last year. So, yeah, that, it's helpful to have a villain for everyone to galvanize around and an explanation bigger than we just sucked. What Sean Payton can't get rid of in all this is Russell Wilson. They're, <laughs> they, he, they're stuck. They, they got to work together and they have to make it work. So what better way to tell Russell Wilson that he is not the problem and to make the entire story about you, Sean Payton, yeah. someone for whom likability has never been a, been a priority nope. and nope. certainly nope. doesn't help him in doing his job. What better way to do it than by going ahead and doing this? Also, we usually do this with stories. We say, oh man, brain genius stuff. This is a coach being super like brilliant and manipulative and, and you know, spinning our brains in the exact right rotation he wants them to go. Sean may have just wanted to talk some <laughs> That's it. Like, <laughs> that's, that's just to put it bluntly, that's he really might have just wanted, to, he may not like Hackett at all. He said I it was, see that. I mean, he said it was one of the worst coaching jobs in the yeah. history of professional football. <laughs> well, and my 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 talking mess theory. Let's yeah. extend that. He just went ahead and rolled into taking shots at the Jets for no reason whatsoever. You didn't did. have to drag the Jets into this, but he said, like, look, that. they're doing hard knocks. They're doing PR, right? Just... Why are you dragging the Jets into this? Why are you going to drop Robert Sella into this unless you're just on a roll? Yeah. I don't know that Sean Payton needs any defense, but I'm not going to defend him, but I'll support his claim. Not that he needs support from his, his claim, but they were really bad. They mm -hmm. were awful in pre-snap penalties. I think 29th was the number for both mm -hmm. sides of the ball. They were really bad. I think the stat last year that everyone was was swinging around was they might have had the best record in football if they could yeah. have just averaged 18 points and they couldn't get to 18 points. <laughs> so <laughs> they were really bad. And they were so bad that I feel like it's unfair to blame the coach alone. But the coach is the one that's gone, so he's going to get the blame. And, and it's fine. We'll see how Russell does this year. Sean Payton is actually – Aside from all this foolishness, he is actually a really good football coach. So I do think mm -hmm. they'll be a lot better. But you know who also a good football coach? Andy Reid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with division that mm -hmm. Sean Payton's going to have to compete in. The one with Andy Reid and a guy named Patrick Mahomes. So we'll see. I know. I noticed he didn't throw those names out there when he was talking to his He didn't say nothing about Patty Mack. So we'll see. Patty so uh, I had a related question for you, uh, which is this on Travis Kelsey on a podcast was talking about how when people play the chiefs, they wear that opposing DBs yeah. and linebackers wear red gloves. So you can't see the holds true, true or false. Is that something that happens? So, I mean, the, the glove thing is something that old coaches always used to tell us is like, mm -hmm. you wear the gloves that match your opponent's Jersey. Um, I, I never wore red gloves when we played the Chiefs. I played for the Broncos for uh, three years, so I played the Chiefs mm -hmm. a bunch of times. And you didn't wear red gloves because we ain't had no damn red gloves. We had blue gloves, white gloves, <laughs> yeah. and orange gloves. That's what we had. But I guess now maybe it's a little different. And to be honest with you, the way the rules are now, it don't matter what color your gloves are. They throw no. in the flag. <laughs> they throw in the flag, Travis. Just so you know, buddy, they are throwing the flag. Yeah, so if we hear Sean Payton complaining about, well, you know, they're wearing the gloves and everything. You're like, Sean, you've just been talking mess the entire season. This is just one more piece of that. But he didn't lie, by the way. Like, one final thought on that. There's yeah. not a lie in there. Yeah. None. I don't know. I mean, I also have to respect and appreciate the idea that he's 
he's talking about how hard knocks is like drawing attention. The Jets mm-hmm. obviously didn't want hard knocks, but he made he painted it as if that's something that they wanted. But he's doing all this while mm-hmm. unnecessarily drawing mm-hmm. attention and pressure onto his team. It's just hilarious where he's like, remember that Washington team that said they were a dream <laughs> team? You remember that? And, they were, and everyone's out talking trash while he is literally out there talking trash about everyone else. So, yeah, I mean, I don't mind that. Like, I think it's fine. And whatever you use to motivate your team or motivate yourself, or maybe it's not even that, like you were saying, it's not even that well thought out. Maybe he just felt like pulling somebody in his office and popping some So that's fine too. I respect that also, but it just seems weird to be talking trash about someone doing something that you are currently doing. I mean, look at it this way. People are like, man, how can you say that? You're picking a fight with an NFL team. You're going to hit them in the face in the name of entertainment. <laughs> this is hilarious. nothing. It's always funny when people are like, you were giving bullets to more material. Oh, so they weren't going to try to kill us oh, before? Yeah, They're yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, 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 hold on. Let me <laughs> let me revise my game plan here. Yeah. It's like... Um, uh, I got to hit him now. A boxing match where they have the... Yeah. the uh, the pre-fight press conference no one is ever like hey don't don't wake up the sleeping giant no mm-hmm. they're gonna try to kill you because that's what they're there for what's happening brian just wanted to point out week five jets broncos nathaniel hackett revenge game <laughs> no <laughs> it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun where is it it's in denver good job hmm. mile high they gotta win in also- mile high What's what's Nathaniel Hackett going to have to do with that? Like, you tell Aaron Rodgers what to do at this point in his career. I know who's calling the place. It is funny that he used that giving Russell too much um, leash or too much power Mm -hmm. as a criticism. But it's kind of what you do with great quarterbacks. I mean, it's you go back to Peyton Manning. He did whatever the hell he wanted. Tom Brady went down to Tampa, do whatever the hell he wanted. Aaron Rodgers doing whatever the hell he wants over in um, New York. And I guess Matt Stafford. Mm -hmm fit into a program, but the program shifted around him. It's kind of what you do when you got a good quarterback. So maybe it wasn't, that wasn't the only problem, but we'll see. I hope Sean Payton has success. Cause if not, I don't know if he's going to talk trash about himself, It'll get a little uncomfortable and weird. We'll see. All right. Give me my check jerk. Thank you. You got it. We're going to stick with football and we are asking what does Aaron Rodgers reworked contract mean for Rodgers and the jets? He's happy right now. I mean, it, it's mm, half, yeah. Happy. <laughs> I mean, the I think it's not a surprise. Like we expected it to happen. His contract is incredibly cumbersome. The spreading the money out and giving some money back is in his best interest and their best interest. So, like, I'm not surprised by it. It's the right thing to say right now when he's talking about wanting to uh, commit to them for as long as he possible possibly can. But he also mentioned that he can't control what happens to his body. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. uh, all the intentions, the good intentions that he wants to have uh, to be around for a few years and be competitive and allow them the, the financial flexibility to build around him. None of that means anything if that offensive line can't hold up or if just father time catches up and he can't play as well as he wants to anymore. All that roster flexibility ain't going to do nothing. And I guarantee you, he's not going to give no money back if he's out for the year. Not that I suggest that he should, but yeah, it's all out the window if they can't keep him on the field and keep him upright. So I don't know. It doesn't mean a whole bunch to me. It's a lot of money either way. 
I would question restructuring anything in the name of New York Jets football. That to me <laughs> on a personal level. And they're like, yeah. we want to give you slightly less money so that we can benefit the club as a whole. I might be feeling a little more selfish than that. If it were anything but football, where some of that money might go as insurance I pay to make sure I don't get dumped. That's to fair. make sure I don't get slammed to the turf. Yeah, well, they need to make sure that that money goes to like solidifying the offensive line because as mm-hmm. we've talked about recently, we've seen quarterbacks move to new locations and have success. We've seen some quarterbacks go to new locations and not have success. And I think the most important factor because these quarterbacks are always old, is can you protect them? And the mm-hmm. guys who have the most success, and whether you move to a new city or not, the quarterbacks that play the best are the ones that are safe in their pocket and the ones that have big-time wide receivers. He has a wide receiver in Garrett Wilson that I think is going to be in conversations with the best in the league now that he has a quarterback that can get it to him. But they still haven't found the answers, I don't know, to the offensive line. So we'll see how that pans out. But if I was Aaron Rodgers, I'd give back more than $35 million if it meant that you could get me the offensive line that Tom Brady played behind when he was in Tampa Bay. This is a f- possible Fisher point, though. This is a little crack that is available here for future disgruntlement because yeah. um, I'm always looking for Aaron Rodgers like to find it. new reasons to be unhappy. Like it. And it's right there. It is, I restructured this. I did everything I could. And you guys went out and you got a couple of garbage cans and just didn't spend the money. Now, I don't think that would happen in this day and age of Jets football, given the investment that they've shown and the really good draft and overall management decisions that they've made in the last couple of years. But also, I don't ever bet against that not happening, especially when you're dealing with companies that deal with the bottom line. I know it's a football team. They're supposed to put a good product out there, too. Sometimes football teams make terrible decisions. Sometimes they get cheap, especially when they they look down the road and think, oh, this isn't working out. So that's a little, that's a little, just a little warning there. If you want to be unhappy about this in the future, there's a deep opportunity to do that. It's going to be real interesting to see where the blame lies or goes and how Aaron Rodgers and the team and the head coach and everyone reacts if things don't go well this first mm-hmm. season, because nobody's going to want to take responsibility for that because everyone thinks that it's all going to work out. And I'm one of those people, even though they have a tough early schedule, I think they're going to be good. Like it's hard for me to imagine with that defense that they're just going to suck. Like they're going to be in a lot of fourth quarters and Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to presumably help them get over the hump in those fourth quarters, but it's football and they could mess around and go five and 12 (laughs) just because Mm -hmm. it's football. And then the off season is going to be a massacre. Brian, we don't have anything else I'm to in. say about Aaron Rodgers. No, all good. It's a wrap. I think uh, I think Nathaniel Hackett would be the one who would get the blame, or a lot of it at least. <sighs> you can't blame uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett's only job—he's already successfully achieved the only job he had, and the only reason why he got hired in Denver was because they thought that Aaron Rodgers was coming. But he got hired and brought Aaron Rodgers to New York. Nathaniel Hackett, job done. I'd stop coming to work if I was him. Just show up for the Super Bowl party. Mm, no, being blamed, man, listen, being blamed is a habit. It's a job. <laughs> and he can just keep falling into it. This is this is a career niche. He can become the guy who gets blamed. An NFL team always needs one. Super and valuable. Daniel Hackett can be brought in as the piece you jettison first when you oh. need to make the plane lighter. <laughs>
You can just throw him off. I like that. So he's like a, a, a booster on a rocket yeah. ship. It's like, hey, we're gonna drop you at some point. <laughs> yeah, you're you're the you're the first stage, right? Uh, you were just gonna drop you off. <laughs> All right, what's next? Colorado. Let's yeah, let's go to college football. What's the significance of Colorado's move to the Big Twelve for Colorado and the Pac twelve? Well, you gotta know Colorado's one okay with continuing to lose. Because they're going from a conference where there are several teams that don't even sometimes know that they have a football team, or at least act like they don't. And you're going into the Big 12, which top to bottom, by the way, like last season, one of the worst teams in the league was Iowa State. They were 4-8, and eight, but they had five one-score games and were nasty on defense. They were so close to being good. That's how deep the Big 12 is top to bottom. So it's not about whether they want to be competitive. It's about a TV deal. It's about yeah. the Big 12 having an established TV deal and revenue on deck for them to pull. Might also slightly be about geography. Now Colorado can go back to recruiting Texas, which is one of the most fertile recruiting grounds in the nation. And realistically say, you might be able to see your recruit play at home. But it's mostly about the TV money at this point, something the Big 12 has nailed down. And the Pac-12 isn't even close. Like, not even close. And that is one of, it is one of the, like, biggest stories driving realignment and conference realignment and the reshuffling of the college football order is TV money. It's what gets USC into the Big Ten. It's what gets Texas into the SEC. It's the thing binding these big powers together and tearing smaller powers like the Pac-12 completely apart if anybody wants to help me crowdsource the pac-12 that's an idea yeah we can that's buy it going around the let's internet uh yeah independent washington state man let's let's barnstorm they'll play yeah. anywhere they'll play anyone i remember when my alma mater maryland left the acc to go to the big 10 and like i understood what was happening but it still felt weird but mm -hmm. they were uh, on the early end of this making this decision to get out of these mm -hmm. struggling uh conferences because it's the only choice you had and when we look at this story it seems like a college football story but to me the important or the interesting part of this story is more like a entertainment story yeah and that the pac-12 if you think of these teams as or if you think of the the college football as a tv program or a tv property you think of the teams as like the characters in it yeah they don't got no stars and one of the mm -hmm. benefits that you normally have when you're selling sports properties is that you don't have no competition. You normally like the NFL. Hey, you want professional football? It's going to cost you a quadrillion dollars because it's the only place that has professional football. Same thing for the NBA. But with college football, it's like, no, we got a mm -hmm. lot of good college football that's already sold up. And the stars of your TV show have already moved over to be on this other TV show or committed to move over to be on this other TV show. So, like, I don't know what's going to become of the Pac-12. They don't have a TV deal. Uh, the major networks don't seem interested. And they're losing all the teams that anyone would care to pay to watch. They're losing territory. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like. I don't know what's on the table for them right now, if anything, but it also feels like there's no hope. What's, I mean, no. what's a Pac-12 game five years from now? What's a Pac-12 game that you can anticipate wanting to watch? I, I don't know. Just... Basically, the only two pieces of any sort of real value left, um, maybe three, would be Washington. That's the biggest piece yeah. is the University of Washington Huskies. They're left. Uh, Oregon. Oregon is still left out there. Um, and Utah's is probably trailing third there in yeah. terms of, you know, it's got Salt Lake. They have a devoted fan base and 
I think most importantly, from a football perspective, they're super committed and they have been very competitive. Yeah, all right. Utah's they have been, been yeah, Utah has been great. And I think Washington has that long-term commitment and Oregon has that long-term commitment. Everybody else, everybody else, y'all, it's going to be extremely weird weather for all of the programs sort of under that in the Pac-12. What are they going to look like in five years? I don't know. Put them on Twitch, baby. Put them on Twitch. Let's go ahead. Let's start a Patreon for them, okay? Let's just – content creators of the Pac-12. That's what we're going to have to think of them as because right now they're not on a – they're not going to be on a network. You're a man of the people because I was thinking we just buy the conference. Like you're trying Spy to make them. it so people can, can watch it. I, I see a distressed asset here. Let's buy it, strip it down, flip it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do cut costs, baby. Sell it. I don't know. Which offshore it? Yeah, just go ahead, <laughs> re relocate Oregon State's football program somewhere overseas. Sure. Oh man, Oregon State. And which is which is sad because like that is an example. I pulled that one intentionally. Oregon State is a program that right now it has a brilliant coach is being really well run, is doing everything they're supposed to do, and their program still doesn't have a major TV deal. I like mean, the thing, the thing about the about college sports is one thing about it is it's so it feels like it's very momentum based. Mm -hmm. And like a team, once you get good, it's like easier to get good players. Uh, same thing for a conference. And it works the other way too, where it feels mm -hmm. like that snowball is already rolling downhill for the Pac-12. And the reason why I was I projected five years from now is like it's hard for me to imagine, even though Oregon has a respectable history and Washington has a respectable history in football, it's hard for me to imagine that any of them are going to stop this and turn it around. Like which what players in California, which is where you, I would assume you find the best players that are in the Pac-12, mm -hmm. what California players are going to decide to make the trip up there and stay there. Like who's going to go and play there? Who's going to go play in Utah? Like it just feels hard to imagine that anyone's going to want to go there. Who's going to want to coach there when you're, you have to live stream these things from some offshore account. It just seems sad. Yeah. It, it's, it's a little bit sad, but I would also caution this big super conferences and expansion don't always work out. They there. really don't. So in five years, we might be talking about the Pac-12 picking some pieces that left back up when everything didn't work out and the revenues didn't happen the way that they did. But but right now, right now, I'll go with you. It's grim. It's pretty grim. Sorry, Pac-12 people. I saw my ACC. Yeah. ACC is still holding on. I'm just not in it anymore. It's very weird watching my team my college team play a whole schedule and not play anybody that I played against when I was there. It's like playing your natural rival. Yeah. Purdue. Yeah. It's like, what? Uh, we got Michigan, Purdue, Ohio state. We don't see mm -hmm. Clemson, Florida state, Virginia, right down the street. Can't even talk to those nerds. We don't even well, play you can't, anymore. If you think that feels weird, just wait to watch next year's game between USC at Purdue university and West Lafayette in, Indiana, the legendary rivalry between Purdue and USC. Well, we'll get used to it. All right. Yeah, we have one quick what are the chances to close us out here. What are the chances Dak Prescott already regrets saying he'll throw fewer than 10 interceptions this season? And we have video of their first day of training camp. Must be him throwing an interception. Boop. Picked off. So... I think I talked I talked to Todd Archer, who's the uh, Cowboys 
uh, NFL Nation reporter a couple of days ago, and he mm-hmm. clarified that Dak Prescott never actually said he would throw fewer interceptions, which makes mm-hmm. this clip even better. What he said was that the tip ball interceptions won't be a problem this year, which makes that even more hilarious because oh, that was sad. the tip ball interception right there. Mm-hmm. And it, it sucks. I don't think he regrets saying anything about that because doesn't really matter you can't control that no and uh so i'm gonna go zero percent chance that he regrets it and he the thing about Dak prescott or the cowboys and the cowboy quarterback situation is the reason why you would regret this is because you're drawing more attention to yourself mm-hmm. he's you the quarterback much- for the cowboys mm-hmm. <laughs> like when when there's nothing happening on get up you know what we do we make up some stuff about Dak prescott like we're gonna talk about you yeah, he 100% will regret this because I don't know if you've experienced this, but um, whenever anyone on Twitter says something that I find remotely irritating, I just take them out of my world. And, and, and like this goes for any social media. I just mute them. It doesn't even have to be anything abusive. I can just be like, wow, that's irritating. I didn't <laughs> ask for your opinion. I could have just woke it up and been like, I don't like the look of your tweet. I don't like your avatar. I'm going to mute you. Now, imagine if you couldn't do that uh, ever. Yeah. Imagine if you were the quarterback and then you say something this specific, yeah. right? Which is no more tipped balls, which of course, every idiot on the planet like me is going to hear and be like, hey, he said he's going to throw fewer than 10 interceptions. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to keep repeating the lie back to you. I don't care who you are. I don't care how focused you claim to be. Those are lies. You're going to be irritated as hell. That's fair. You're just going to be, you're going to wish you could block the world by the time this is over. Because by the way, I know you're going to throw more than 10 interceptions. I know because you're the centerpiece of the team and good quarterbacks throw interceptions. Yeah. They do I, yeah, because and, they're, 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 they're trying to get the ball in places where other quarterbacks can't get it. Yeah, that is taking a risk, playing on the edge. And inevitably some of those end up the other way. Yeah, it's going to happen. He's going to have uh, a few interceptions and everyone's going to point to this, but 10 is the mark. And uh, Dak has been pretty good in taking care of the ball. I think there's a chance that he'll throw fewer than 10 interceptions. But um, if Alabaster was here, he would say I was carrying water for Dak Prescott and call him my cousin and make fun of me. So maybe I'm slightly biased. So I'm not sad that Alabaster is not here. So why did I do it to myself anyway? How dare you carry water for Dak Prescott? Thank you. I feel better. I was feeling uncomfortable, just allowed to be pro Dak without any pushback. Thank you. I feel good now. I feel better. That was fun. Fun show. I thought it was a pretty good show. I think I got, gonna... you know what? I, I I managed to get through the whole like New Zealand thing without like getting too angry. So yeah, yeah that's what good. I was thinking about is I think I might need to schedule a trip to New Zealand. I have a, I wasn't going to call it a vacation coming up, but mm-hmm. I have three young kids, so it's not a vacation. It's a vacation for them. It's, oh, it's a work trip for me. So. Yeah. No, no. Listen, take them to New Zealand. Great place. Good people. Obviously quality McDonald's. Oh, you know what? I should have, I, I have a group text going on right now mm-hmm. where we're making a list of the best video game villains. I feel like you might have some insight. I feel like you might have. Tag me in. All right.